0: Thank you for listening to the Resources for Integrated Care podcast series, Strategies for Health Plans to Support Access to COVID-19 Vaccines for Vulnerable Populations. This podcast was recorded as part of a live event held on April 1, 2021. In this podcast, Marvin Figueroa, the Director of the Office of Intergovernmental and External Affairs for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, shares an update on COVID-19 vaccination from the agency's perspective.
1: Thank you, um, and thank you for the opportunity to speak with you all today about the work to reduce barriers to uh, COVID-19 vaccinations. Um, the entire U.S. government family is dedicated to making sure that every American that wants to get a vaccine has access to one. As of yesterday, there have been more than 195,500,000 vaccine doses delivered and close to 150,300,000 administered, and that number has surely ticked up, um, at least by one um, I'm, with me having... <laughs> Got my vaccine early this morning. Uh, in terms of percentages, this roughly equates to 29.4 of the population having received at least one dose, and 16.4% of the population is fully vaccinated. Those numbers are even more impressive when considering the percentage of the population is 65 and older, uh, with 73.5 of that population having, been, having received at least one dose and 15.8 fully vaccinated. But we're not stopping there. Uh, president biden has set a goal for us to reach 200 million doses administered by his 100th day in office and we're 66 percent of the way there Uh, through the health and health and resources and services administration the biden harris administration is accelerating the delivery of vaccines to underserved communities and disproportionately affected populations through direct allocations to federally qualified health centers that as you know serve high proportions of low income and minority patients These centers provide services to rural frontier populations, operate tribal urban Indian health programs, and or utilize mobile vans to deliver services. In addition, just just this week, uh, the president announced expansion of vaccines to 20,000 more local pharmacies, bringing the total to nearly 40,000 pharmacies across the country. This means that by April 19, there will be a vaccine site within five miles of 90% of all Americans. He also launched a new effort to to get the nation's most vulnerable and at-risk seniors and people with disabilities vaccinated, expanding senior and disability services to provide the high-intensity assistance needed to get these individuals scheduled for and transported to vaccinations. We continue to allocate tens of millions of doses each week to states, existing federal pharmacy partners, and federal agencies to vaccinate both the federal first responders and to deploy in mass vaccination sites and continue to support the responsible responsible jurisdiction with funding for logistics, supplies, and educational programs. As was presented at the beginning of this presentation, equity is at the heart of our efforts. We know a person's zip code is a, is a strong is a strong driver of health, so we will continue to prioritize getting the necessary resources to those areas and communities that have been hardest hit and are highest risk. So, so why are we here, um, and how can health plans help? I want to second most of what was up of what was said at the beginning, but I want to give you some additional. We know that 12.2 million dual dual eligibles, this population is low income, over the age of 65, or disabled. This means that the dual eligible population spans young and old, as well as individuals with physical, mental, and developmental disabilities. Communities of color are disproportionately represented within this population. You understand this better better than most. And you know that because the dual eligible population is not homogenous, their unique circumstances and needs must be considered when developing vaccine strategies. Help us develop and execute those strategies so that we make sure that we increase the rate of vaccination in that community. Second, continue to promote getting the vaccine through your normal channels. There are toolkits available on the the CDC website, and our office is happy to also collaborate with you on messages that you might need. Third, today the, the Vice President launched a community core program. An HHS initiative to galvanize trusted messengers to increase confidence in COVID-19 vaccines and encourage measures to slow the spread. If you're interested in becoming an ambassador for getting people vaccinated or help us leverage existing messaging to encourage you eligible to get vaccinated, partner with us. Finally, we are beginning to think critically about how we, as a society, share certified vaccine credentials as more people get vaccinated. There are ongoing conversations at the White House and the Department and we welcome thoughts that you may have on, on secure and interoperable solutions. There's a lot going on, so I'll, I'll end it there. Uh, but I hope that what the message that you're receiving from us is that we, are, we welcome your ideas, we want to partner with you, because we know that we're all in this together. With that, I open up the floor for questions. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much for that uh, great information. And we have a few questions that have come in. First wanted to ask, we've, we've heard that the administration is increasing access to COVID-19 vaccinations through the federally qualified health centers and dialysis centers. Can you say a bit more about that?
1: I can. Well, the administration is working to ensure that vaccines are brought to the communities rather than just having communities come to the vaccine. Uh, so we're working to increase the vaccination rates in some of the most vulnerable communities, which, in, which include populations that are served through FUACs and dialysis centers. So, as you know, over 91% of the health center patients are individuals or families living at or below 200% of the federal poverty guidelines, and nearly 63% are, are racial and ethnic minorities. So, since the launch of the, of the program and the partnership with FQAC, we have invited over 950 health centers to participate, and by participating, they receive received direct allocation from the federal government. Um, additionally, the dialysis center effort is another important step in, in making sure that vaccines reach the most medically vulnerable communities and that equity continues to anchor our efforts to, to end COVID-19. So why, why dialysis centers? Uh, people on dialysis who con- contract COVID-19 often have severe adverse health outcomes, half require hospitalizations, and 20% to 30% die from COVID-19. And so dialysis clinics provide a trusted innovative pathway to help COVID-19 vaccines reach populations that have disproportionately been impacted by the pandemic. Thank you, and
2: also, how are you all working with tribal governments to ensure access to COVID-19 vaccines?
1: Oh, that's a great question. And, and, and recognizing tribal sovereignty and the authority of tribal nations to provide for the welfare of their people, uh, the federal government uh, supported how much vaccine should be allocated for individuals, at IHS tribal and urban Indian health program sites, collectively known as ITU. So the IHS vaccine plan and distribution strategy align with CDC recommendations with advice from the CDC Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices um, for priority populations. And however, the tribal nations also had the a, a sovereign authority to determine their own priority populations. So ITU site co- coordinate with uh, their local IHS vaccine point of contact to determine their vaccine allocation and ordering. And the IHS vaccine task force and CDC vaccine task forces communicate regularly to, ins- to ensure coordination and delivery of equitable vaccines to, to ITU.
2: Thank you, and a question came in related to uh, one of the comments that you made about partnering with HHS, and one of our participants has asked, how do they do that? How can they partner with HHS in these efforts?
1: So, many different ways, of, and, and you know, much of the responsibility of, of my office is to ensure that we are listening to individuals who are doing the work um, in order for their experiences and their insights to inform the work that we do. So um, I'll, I'm not hard to find, but I'll still tell you my email here. Uh, so it's Marvin. Figueroa, um, which is my last name, at hhs.gov, and we welcome, welcome your input. And, and if I don't have the answer, or, or I'm happy to connect you with someone within, within the department that has the answer and, and kind of work through whatever recommendations you may have on how we can improve outreach and, and ensuring that this population gets vaccinated.
2: Thank you, and that makes me think in, in that listening that you mentioned, what are some of the innovative approaches to advancing equity in access that you've heard so far? What are some ideas that that maybe are new ideas or somewhat more innovative ideas about advancing equity in access to the vaccine?
1: So this, what I mentioned earlier, I mean even when you look at the dialysis program, that is a, a conversation um, that came about um, from from the outside in, and you know, we were able to operationalize it to the extent that now is an actual program. And so that is an example of us listening um, to what's happening on the ground and then working internally to make sure uh, that we can operationalize it and it works as, as intended. Uh, we're also hearing more about you know what kind of, you know the data that you mentioned earlier that is available to the health plans and, and trying to figure out how do we use that data. Um, to to do exactly what I mentioned as well, which is not not wait for people to come to the vaccine, but bring the vaccine to individuals. And we have several different proposals that we're we're considering right right now um, and trying to to figure out how to make it work.
2: Excellent. Thank you so much. And one more question that has come in through the Q&A from a participant wanting to know about the ambassador program that you mentioned. Could you talk a little more about that and share a little more about the ambassador program?
1: So it's a program that we launched earlier today. Around 11 o'clock, the, the vice president uh, launched the ambassador program, uh, Community Corps. And the idea behind it is that, you know, in order to increase confidence in the vaccine so that individuals uh, take the vaccine whenever it's offered to them, um, it requires us not only to work in government to make sure that our messaging is consistent, but also work with trusted messengers uh, to make sure that, that individuals are receiving multiple communi- multiple communications and so we, we're developing toolkits. We're working on social media ads. We're working with, on ads themselves for, for television, um, but also working with partners to ensure that you know whatever information we make available, that those partners are able to translate it so that it reaches the intended population that they serve. And so, um, if you email, if you email me, I can direct you to kind of the website that we recently launched and also where you're able to sign up for updates and um, you'll get additional information on on how you can be involved and how you can be helpful in this effort.
0: Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality healthcare that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care. You can also find resources for integrated care on LinkedIn to stay up to date with our recent products and technical assistance.